Let's start the show. You already know who it is. My name is Mike Kyle, aka the Fantasy Vulture. I have over a decade worth of fantasy football experience and have continuously competed for fantasy championships over the course of the past six seasons. Let's make it seven in 2020, shall we? On this episode of the FB Show, we are going to continue our all 32 NFL team preview series, taking a look at every NFL team through the lens of fantasy football. Today, we continue the AFC South by looking at the Tennessee Titans. But before we get started with today's video, I need three quick things from you. First off, smash that subscribe button. Power running back style, Derrick Henry style, oddly enough, fittingly enough. And also hit that like button down below, like an open receiver downfield. And last but not least, shoot me a text, 330-302-1554. That is going to be my source for one-on-one -on -one fantasy football interaction with all of you this season. So whether you need advice, ideas of trades, or just who you should draft, that's the best place to reach me. I'm really trying to build that up, and I'm pushing that really hard all season long. But I'm excited because the Tennessee Titans have major fantasy relevant players. So let's just jump right in, shall we? We're going to start off at the quarterback. We're going to start off at the quarterback position, excuse me. As always, we are going to talk about Ryan Tannehill, aka the Tana God. And oh my goodness, did he play like a god last season when given the opportunity. So in 2019, Ryan Tannehill finished at quarterback 21. And you're going to look at that and you're going to say, wait a second, quarterback 21, that's not great. But then you have to realize that he did not play throughout the first half of the season because Marcus Mariota was the starter in Tennessee. Mariota sucked. Tannehill comes in and Tannehill elevates the Titans to a new level offensively. And so in 2019, when he was on the field, he had eight games as a quarterback one, two games as a quarterback two, and one game as a quarterback three. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's very, very possible. I'm going to pull this up right now. I think it's very likely that, that one of those QB2 games or the QB3 games were where he only played maybe a quarter or two. So I'm going to pull this game long right now, but I'm going to keep talking as we are progressing through this. So let's just see. Right. So in week two, um, in week two, he had 16 uh, pass attempts. So that's going to count towards the game. Um, I'm going to pull this up right now. Where did he finish in week two? All right, so in week two, he was outside of the top 36, so that doesn't count for any of those performances. Ryan Tannehill in week six was a was a game. Uh, let's see. I'm flipping tabs left and right here. I, I need you guys to know, you guys can't see it, and it makes me really self-conscious because of the silence as I'm flipping through tabs. But I have my player profiles pulled up. I'm obviously talking underneath. I have a tab for ADP. I have a tab for pro football reference. I have all of my rankings pulled up. And then my master data sheet, which contains a lot of the information, like the more in-depth information that you see from these player profiles. And so I'm constantly just flipping through tabs left, right, and center here. So I do apologize for any silences or delays. Just know, I'm I need to figure out a system where I can efficiently just scroll through the ones that I need. But regardless, let's see, week six against Tennessee, or against Kansas City. That doesn't make any sense either. None of these things make sense. The issue with pro football 
reference is that it gives you games, but it doesn't give me weeks. Oh, it does give me weeks. I lied. Oh, oh, I just need to learn how to read. Yes. All right. So in week, week six, he, that was a QB. Was that the QB three game? What did I just say? Yes. Week six was the QB three game where he only played part of the game. It looks like because he only threw 16 pass attempts. And I doubt in a game uh, versus Cleveland, that's going to be the likely scenario where, or, where you're only going to throw the ball 16 times there. Was that 10? No, no, I, I lied. That was that was Denver, and they lost 16 nothing. So that makes sense. But regardless, it looks like Ryan Tannehill, the point that I'm trying to make here, right? Very, very poorly, is Ryan Tannehill was unbelievable last season. And I'm going to break down these numbers just a little bit further, right? So 201 completions on 286 pass attempts. 2,700 yards and 185 rushing yards, 26 touchdowns, and 6 interceptions. Guys, I don't know if you guys understand what this actually looks like, but Ryan Tannehill was unbelievable last season in such a short amount of time, right? These numbers that you're seeing, they don't include their postseason run. This is strictly regular season, and he was flawless for your fantasy team. I'm going to read you some of his finishes, right? So that he so he basically took over the job essentially in week 7, if I remember correctly, right around there. I mean, it's potentially week 6, regardless you get the point. He didn't start he didn't start off uh, he didn't start the season. So uh, week 7, quarterback 13. Week 8, quarterback 11. Week 9, quarterback uh, 5. Week 10, quarterback 11, week 12, quarterback 2, week 13, or I'm sorry, week 14, quarterback 7, week 15, uh, quarterback 5, quarterback 4, excuse me, uh, week 16, quarterback 6, and week 17, quarterback 10. He lit the fantasy world on fire with his second half performance, and it might be one of the more impressive things I think I've ever seen in fantasy football. So he was essentially on pace. Let's do this. Let's do some math here. So we could say he started 10 games, give or take. So he starts 10 games. He played in 12. We'll say he started in 10. 10 divided by or 26 divided by 10, excuse me, times 16. Like he was on pace for 41 touchdowns, essentially. That is absolute madness. And what's even crazier about that is the passing volume also really wasn't there. I think he was really only on pace. I'm going to remember this. I'm going to pull this number off the top of my head, but I want to say he was on pace for about 456 pass attempts because when I've talked about this previously and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, um, when I was comparing DK, DK Metcalf's outlook compared to AJ Brown's future outlook, just comparing them side by side, I really wanted to look at quarterback play and the pass attempt for Russell Wilson, who I believe threw 561 and Tannehill, they were very similar and I opted to go for the better quarterback in in Russ and that's why I kept Matt Calf over uh, AJ Brown. But regardless, Ryan Tannehill was just so good last year. 19.8 or 19.18 points per game, 12 games played. Yo, his, like I just said, his new finish would have been uh, quarterback 9 on the year. He was lights out for the Titans. But the ADP doesn't reflect that. 
And I think it's just the case because I have him ranked similarly to his ADP. I have him ranked at quarterback 19. And I'm going to say a very, very hot take. There are a lot of good NFL quarterbacks. I know, I know. Very shocking, very bold, very outrageous of me to say on these airwaves. But there are a lot of good quarterbacks. And so when you're trying to piece in together your rankings and who slides in where, especially at the quarterback position where it is a streamable position because the value across the across the essentially quarterback five through quarterback 20 is all kind of the same um it's very interesting to see how you slide guys in and what your method is to the madness there so i have him ranked at quarterback 19 and i have jared goff ahead of him and that's just an offense thing i just think the rams have a little bit more weapons and i know that goff's gonna throw the ball 600 times Ben Roethlisberger, kind of the same story. We, I, I, As I said in my Steelers preview, I expect his passing volume to go down a little bit, but they still have a lot of great offensive weapons there. Baker Mayfield's going to have a bounce back season in Cleveland. They have weapons there. Ryan Tannehill, they were just so they were so good last year. I don't think it's possible for them to repeat. You've seen some of their efficiency numbers. They basically scored on every single red zone attempt, which is almost unheard of. Uh, they scored in some capacity. It wasn't always touchdown, but, you know, field goals, things like that. Um, so that is probably due for some regression. But regardless, Ryan Tannehill, to me, is a great late-round quarterback because we've seen him do these kind of things before in Miami when healthy and when he has a decent cast around him. He can put up numbers. They aren't going to be world-beater numbers like we saw last season, so I don't expect that again. But Ryan Tannehill can, but Ryan Tannehill can be an excellent weekly starter if you're just looking for, for a consistent floor with potential for upside. Um, he's also just an excellent streaming candidate, candidate throughout the season if you want to go that route. But honestly, the one thing that just really concerns me is the lack of weapons on this offense. Tannehill is kind of going to have to make the weapons, which is a really interesting thing for a quarterback like him. Uh, he's, he actually does a really good job of getting guys open and, you know, just letting and while also letting them make plays for him. So it's this really weird dynamic that he's kind of like this bridge in that way where he'll both throw guys open, but also let guys uh, do their thing uh, just in open space and things like that. So Tannehill, for me, is a guy, if you're waiting late on quarterback, he's probably going to be one of the guys that I target, uh, just specifically because I know, what I'm, I know what I'm going to get. I'm pretty consistently going to get a floor of 18 points, and I always have upside to end up with a 27-point week or so from him. So that like to, Tannehill is kind of the epitome of a late round quarterback, especially in this season, when you have guys like uh, Lamar, when you have guys like Lamar, Mahomes, Russ, Dak, Kyler, uh, and Deshaun just going super early in drafts. I think Tannehill has a lot of upside this season, but I do expect some regression from the Titans offense this season. And let's talk about the guy who I think is going to take the biggest step back and the biggest form of regression in this offense, and that's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a enigma in fantasy football. He's just a ground and pound workhorse running back that doesn't catch the ball. And despite all of that, because the volume is so high and because he is a talented running back, he's going to put up numbers. However, however, I need to make this point very, very clearly. Last season was really one of the first times that we've ever seen Derrick Henry be a consistent NFL running back. 
And the reason why that is important to note is because Derrick Henry has issues when he can be game script, when he can be game scripted out, off the field, right? If the Titans are down bad, they are not going to let like if they if they're down three scores, you can't give Derrick Henry the ball because that's just going to grind down clock. And that was the issue with Derrick Henry in years past, right? There would just be times where the Titans, you know, they were an average NFL team, so there were a few times a year where they would be blown out, and Derrick Henry has to come off the field because he's not a pass-catching running back. But because their defense is so good and because they have adjusted their play style to where they are extremely, where they are just fully committed to the run, that's where his value comes from. But it still scares me that the fact that you have a guy here that can be game script proof, or that can be game scripted out, and not game script proof, I apologize. But we need to talk about last season because it was so impressive. Uh, his 2019 finish, running back two in standard, running back three in PPR despite the fact that he's not a pass catcher. Nine games as a running back one, three games as a two, two games as a three, 300 carries, 18 receptions, 1,500 rushing yards or rushing leader for the season, 206 receiving yards, and 16 touchdowns. His adjusted score, 19 points per game on 15 games played. His new finish is running back two in PPR. Now, this is where I expect the regression to come from, and ADP does not agree with me. ADP currently has him as running back five, going at 106. So you would have the number, you would have the top four running backs being CMC, Barkley, Kamara, and Zeke, and then Michael Thomas, and then you have Derrick Henry. I've him ranked as running back ten this year, and I am just I'm just trying to pump the brakes on Derrick Henry. I, again, this offense is not going to be as efficient as I think it as, as I think it once was. Um, I don't expect he could get 300 carries, but I don't expect him to. I think we're going to see a bit of a production decrease because of the fact that they drafted Darrington Evans, and I believe the third or fourth round of this year's NFL draft. And I think Evans is going to fill that Deion Lewis role that was there. Uh, they didn't use Deion Lewis last season because Deion Lewis was really bad. And they've tried to use them previously, and it just didn't work out. But I think Evans is a really, really talented NFL back, or he's going to be at least. He was extremely, he was extremely productive in college. I loved his tape coming in, and I was really interested to see where Evans was going to go in the draft. So I don't have a profile for Evans, but I'll talk about him before we wrap up Derrick Henry. Uh, ultimately, though, I just think in PPR specifically, because that's kind of where my rankings are. My rankings come from half point PPR because. It's just kind of, first off, not only is it becoming the new standard in fantasy football, but it's also a nice way to kind of give this hybrid between standard and a full point PPR, just having like that middle ground there where you can uh, where you can safely say that if I have a guy at running back, or if I have a guy at running back 10, like let's just use Derrick Henry for an example, right? If I have a guy at running back 10, I kind of give uh, leeway to where, okay, if it's in... If we're playing in a standard league, he's probably closer to running back 8. And if we're playing in a full point PPR, he's probably closer to running back 12. See what I'm saying? So it's kinda gives you, it kind of gives you uh, two spots on each side because we're focusing on that middle ground. But for Henry, for me, I'm just, I'm just scared. I'm just scared of the regression. That 16 touchdown number, like that's probably coming down as well. I don't think he's going to repeat as the rushing leader. And the, like these are just... These are just logical assumptions of things that are likely to happen, right? It's very, very rare that you see a guy with this workload get the same thing again and put up the same numbers across the board. 
and especially again this offense is just going to regress there is no other way like their red zone offense last season was historic it was that good so for me i'm just, i'm pumping the brakes on henry i've been ranked at running back 10 and mainly like the like the other aspect of that too is really just because he doesn't catch passes and yes you can say well he finished as the running back three last year in ppr yeah yeah he did but there was like dalvin cook easily could finish ahead of him if Kamara's healthy for a full season he's gonna finish ahead of him when you look at the Cardinals backfield and Kenyon Drake Kenyon Drake has the potential to finish ahead of him so the guys that I have ahead of Derrick Henry are the following CMC Barkley Zeke Kamara CEH Dalvin Cook Kenyon Drake Joe Mixon Miles Sanders you want to know the thing about all those guys first off they all catch passes every single one of them and the exception to that is probably Joe Mixon, who is the worst pass catcher out of that group. But I also expect that Bengals offense to take a step forward. And we've seen what Joe Mixon can do on a bad offense. Now let's see what he can do on a really good one. So that's why I have Joe Mixon ahead. But still, like, running back 10, perfectly fine. I just want to pump the brakes on Derrick Henry this season. I don't think he repeats what he did last year. Now, a player that I'm really excited about, I mean, I, I might be in love with this player, in all honesty, and that's A.J. Brown. I am in love with A.J. Brown. Because, A, but A, the, the thing about A.J. Brown is like, I think he's so damn talented. But one of my longest fantasy philosophies is how you score your points is more important than how many points you score. But man, you see some of his big game performances, and it's... It's hard not to start salivating, right? So, in his 2019 finish was wide receiver 10 in standard, wide receiver 15 in PPR, and that's really what we're going to talk about uh, here. He had five games as a wide receiver one, one game as a two, and three games as a three. 84 targets, 52 catches, 1,000 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns. When you look at his adjusted score, 11.9 points per game on 16 games play. His new finish is wide receiver 26. That adjusted score... I'm telling you right now is wrong and the reason why that adjusted score is wrong is because that factors in all of his games with Mariota where he either just wasn't seeing targets or Mariota was stinking up the joint and they couldn't get in the ball right so that is going to deflate his value but AJ Brown here's what you need to know about AJ Brown I'll pull it up right now AJ Brown in the second half of the season like we'll, like we'll just go week 12 A.J. Brown from week 12 onward, wide receiver 5, nope, wide receiver 6, wide receiver 1, wide receiver 7, wide receiver 14, wide receiver 4. That's what you need, like that, that is how A.J. Brown closed out his season. And that is the A.J. Brown that I'm kind of expecting. So the thing about A.J. is that I don't think he's ever going to be a monster like target haul because of the way that this offense is set up this offense is designed this offense is designed to run very efficiently uh where it is run the ball on first down probably run the ball on second down and let uh Tannehill move the chains on third down right um and then also just having a guy like AJ Brown to where you know he can take a slant route 50 yards right because he has that kind of speed size and strength um, so this offense is designed around a player of A.J. Brown's skill set, and that has me really intrigued about his fantasy outlook. Um, his ADP right now is currently wide receiver 16 going in the going in the fourth round. I haven't ranked at wide receiver 13. Yo, 
please, like, just, you watch A.J. Brown's tape, and he's just one of those guys where he is head and shoulders just the best player on the fucking field. He is lightning in a bottle. But, 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 I'm going to pull it up now. The issue with A.J. Brown, despite all that, is the volume. He can be absolutely electric, and he is, and he will win you weeks. But I almost feel like he may have that Amari Cooper syndrome in him, and that scares the living shit out of me. If you don't know what the Amari Cooper syndrome is, it's basically he's going to give you five really good weeks, and he's going to hurt you 11 weeks as well. So he's going to finish highly because he'll drop 30 points per game on five different occasions, but the other games he may bust and he may just crash and burn. So his overall fantasy finish is going to be higher than what he actually did for you. Um, I'm going to pull up his game log right now just so I can give you a better understanding of this, right? So I have the, I, I, I want to really just talk about this now because I now that I have the time as well as just with Seattle, I was talking about seven different players, whereas the Titans, I'm really only talking about four guys here, right? So I had the option of trading DK Metcalf, and like this is a dynasty league. I have the option of trading DK Metcalf for AJ Brown and a 2020 second round pick. And all honesty, that offer is probably still on the table, but I really want to keep Metcalf, and here's why. Number one, Seattle's quarterback is just, I, I just believe Russell Wilson just puts guys in, and is just, first off, just a better overall quarterback. And secondly, that's just going to translate to DK Metcalf having a much uh, better career arc. You know, the development there and just him being on a better offense overall. Uh, he's going to be involved constantly. And with that, like DK Metcalf saw, I believe it was 90 targets or was it 100? Um, Let me look. DK Metcalf targets. Was it a hundred? Right, yeah. So DK Metcalf as a rookie saw a hundred targets. AJ Brown saw eighty-four. DK Metcalf caught uh, fifty-six or fifty-eight passes. AJ Brown caught fifty-two. In terms of yardage, though, AJ Brown had hundred and fifty more yards and two more touchdowns. Right. So you can see, like, they're they're, they're very comparable, but I just think Seattle's offense just has better. Uh, has better offensive movement compared to Tennessee's and that those target numbers for AJ Brown are really what I think is going to define his career so for example I'm just going to read you off his list of his his numbers of targets throughout last season four five five three two four eight three seven four five four seven thirteen two eight he had double digit targets once he had one. He had two games with eight with eight or, with eight targets. A few games with seven, and everything else was below five. Like that's not enough volume for a guy who could be a wide receiver. Like AJ Brown and uh, Jason Moore, the footballer, said this. AJ Brown could finish as the number one as the number one wide receiver throughout his NFL career at, at some point. But that that volume has to take a step forward in order to get there. Now that said. I love the potential of AJ Brown. This was this, this was just a long, a long roundabout way of me saying I still love AJ Brown. He's going to be extremely talented for fantasy football this year. 
Um, he's going to get like the thing that makes AJ Brown so attractive to me specifically is the way that I play fantasy. I want to beat you 40 different ways. When I face your team and you look at the matchups, I want you to say, oh no, Lamar Jackson can go off this week. Oh no, Alvin Kamara can go off this week. Oh no, Juju can go off this week. Oh no, AJ Brown can go off this week. Which one is it going to be? I want to beat you 40 different ways to where no matter what, I will always have a positional advantage at some point and that player can single-handedly win me a week. So with A.J. Brown, who had multiple games with over 25 points and multiple games with over 30 points last season, he fits that bill for me perfectly in that way. But the question that will always be in the back of my mind is, how many times is he going to hurt you? How many times is he only going to get the ball five times a game? Right now, granted, A.J. Brown only needs one, one play to take it to the house on a 60-yard touchdown. But you, I think you understand the point here, right? There is risk involved with A.J. Brown with the way that this offense is set up. But A.J. Brown's talent is undeniable. And I'm really excited for the outlook and the rest of his NFL career. I haven't ranked a wide receiver 13 because I'm just I'm buying the talent over the offense. And I think talent, uh, talent can win out in fantasy in that way. So I have him three spots ahead of ADP at wide receiver 16. You could just, like, Especially if he's going in the fourth round. Oh, my God. Oh my, if you tell me A.J. Brown is my wide receiver too, after I start, if A.J. Brown is my wide receiver too, oh my, I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon. I am over the moon. You you can make the argument that where he could be your wide receiver one, but ultimately for me, I'm more comfortable with him as my wide receiver two option. And finally, we're going to wrap the Tennessee Titans up with talking about Jonu Smith, one of the names that have been constantly brought up throughout this offseason in the fantasy community and a player that I've been keeping an eye on over the course of the past few seasons. So in 2019, Jonu Smith finished as tight end 17 in standard and 19 in PPR. However, when you look at the weekly finishes, he had four games of the tight end one, three games of the tight end two, and two games of the tight end three, 44 targets, 35 catches, 439 yards, and three touchdowns. I'm not worried about the adjusted score, because. so here's the thing, right? And I've tried to make this point a few times, I think, when talking about tight ends. Tight ends are just really interesting. They're a very, very interesting position for fantasy because you have your upper echelon of guys. You maybe have a tier two, and then you kind of just have everybody else. And so that's why, like, one of the things I'm gonna, that I'm already going to correct for next season is the weekly finishes and how I actually display that. Because tight end two is, cr- is trash. Tight end three is also trash. So I need to find a way to really highlight the tight end one performances and make that just stand out a little bit more. Maybe we only focus on tight end one performances next season. But I really want to focus in on the targets and the catches. Like that's just one of those things where Delaney Walker's gone officially. So this is Jonu Smith's job. And when Jonu Smith was on the field with Tannehill, the two appeared to have a really good chemistry and Tannehill just loved throwing in the football. I love the fact that he only had... uh, nine not even nine drops but just nine targets went incomplete everything else was caught that makes me really excited the yardage as well just in an offense where this uh there's not many weapons here like the titans offense pretty much have two weapons like it's aj brown it's derrick henry i guess three it's a it's derrick henry one then aj brown and then insert x wide receiver or tight end here and to me, that third option is going to be Jonu Smith. 
uh, just because the way that it feels like always is that whenever a team is going to run the ball a ton, that tight end also gets a lot of, get, also gets a lot of usage as well, just because you have the option for play actions where, you know, the tight end sets up for a block and then breaks out for a route. Like it just, it's really tight end friendly here. I think in Tennessee, Jonas Smith is a guy who's being projected to be the breakout tight end this season. And that's why I really love him at his ADP because you can get a guy like Hayden Hurst, who everybody's kind of in on at uh, tight end 11 or 12 I think he's going at right now but if you want to wait even longer and get a guy who can finish in that same ballpark Jonu Smith is that player so he's currently being drafted at tight end 17 going in the 12th round in ADP I have him ranked all the way up at tight end 10 we've seen what Delaney Walker can do in Tennessee before and granted it may not be the same coaching regime as it once was when Delaney Walker was in his prime but regardless, I really like the connection that Tannehill and Smith had. He was willing to throw him the ball and just willing to throw to him in the red zone nonetheless. The yardage is going to go up. The opportunity is going to up is going to go up because this is Jonu Smith's. Like he's this is his job now. It's very, very cool. And this offense has room for somebody else to be involved. I don't think it's going to be Corey Davis. I'm gonna be uh, it's not going to be Adam Humphreys. Like the ship has sailed for probably both those guys. So Jonu Smith here has the opportunity because that passing, like Tan, uh, Tannehill, as we talked about, his passing volume is going to go up. Like that's going to be the one thing. And, and it's not going to go up in the sense of, it's not going to go up in the sense of, oh, he's going to throw four times more a game. But no, I'm going to pull back up his, I'm going to pull back up his uh, uh, profile here, right? If we, if we were to just, I don't know, not double it. But give it like 0.75 more. Not 50 more. What did I say? Regardless. All right. If we take Ryan Daniels' passing volume at 286 pass attempts, and we're going to scale that down now, right? So he played, he appeared in 16 games. Let's see. 286 divided by 16 times. Uh, no, I'm sorry. 286 divided by 12 times 16. There we go. So that's going to be 381 pass attempts. Honestly, it should it's going to be more eventually. Like that's not he's easily going to throw over 400 times a season, and that's just more opportunity for Joni Smith. You see what I'm saying? Like the, he only threw 286 pass attempts. That's going to go up. That's going to go over 400. So where do those extra 120 uh, targets go? They're going to go to this guy. Jonu Smith. So if you're waiting on a tight end, Jonu Smith to me is my favorite late, late tight end. I love Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is probably my favorite tight end to draft at this point, but Jonu Smith might be, my, might be my number two because I see the potential there in this offense and somebody has to step up and I think it's going to be him. But that's going to do it for our Tennessee player profiles. Actually, I just real quick before we even go, I do want to talk about Darrington Evans for a second. Darrington Evans, uh, I know I said I'd bring him up in the uh, Derrick Henry profile. Whoops, my bad. Um, Darrington Evans is a running back from Appalachian State. Super talented guy. A little bit smaller, but he's just very shifty. Uh, he's a great pass catcher as well, um, which is why I felt like it was really interesting that he went to Tennessee. Uh, because I look at, from the looks of it, it looks like that they want to change a pace guy. Uh, so where when Derrick Henry's off the field, they can do a little bit. Uh, a little bit of different things instead of you know just run the ball up the middle and let Derrick Henry truck truck the uh, truck the linebacker or whoever's standing in his way. Um, Darrington Evans 
value to me this year. I'm not sure what it's going to be, in all honesty. I don't have him ranked, I think, in my top. Do I have Darrington Evans, Evans ranked at all? Um, Let's see. I don't. I definitely don't. So I have Darrington Evans outside my top 50. But I really want to focus in on this for Dynasty. And it really sucks because if Derrick Henry didn't sign that long-term deal, I would love Darrington Evans because if they just weren't re- if they weren't to re-sign Henry... Uh, this, this upcoming off season, it'd be, it'd be Evan's job, just gift wrapped to him. And he was going super late in dynasty drafts. He was going late the third round. Um, but I do want to make this point though. It is Derrick Henry and Darrington Evans and that's it. So if anything were to happen to Derrick Henry, if he were to catch COVID, if he were to get injured, this is Darrington Evans backfield. And Darrington Evans can be a three-down running back in the NFL. It's just something to think about. In Dynasty, I want to pull up where I have him ranked. In Dynasty, I have Darrington Evans ranked as my 18th player overall. And that was before Henry signed that deal. So honestly, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably going to drop him down to about 23 or 24. Um, so his value does come down a little bit. But just something to keep in mind. Like, hey, if Henry goes down, Darrington Evans is going to be the guy, and Darrington Evans can play on all three downs. What were my notes for Darrington Evans? Do I have any pulled up here? Um, yeah, it's my notes for Darrington Evans are as follows. One, incredible vision. Two, a problem in the open field. And three, he was the Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Year. Like, you watch Darrington Evans' tape, and he's just, oh, yep, that guy. He's pretty good, right? But that's going to do it. For the Tennessee Titans and our All-32 NFL team preview of them for their fantasy outlooks this season. If you enjoyed, be sure to leave a like and subscribe down below. We're doing this thing every single day as we try and make our way through all 32 NFL teams. Yo, we are grinding. We are grinding. Every single night, it's, alright, which video am I recording today? What profiles do I have to get done? I have to update the website and make sure that's all ready to go. It is always something that's clockwork, but man, I love this shit. I fucking love this shit. It was funny because I actually had a conversation with my cousin who uh, who's in my league, uh, Mike Sip, who I talked about in my very first video, my fantasy my fantasy backstory. And he's like, I was, I told him, I'm like, what's really funny is I'm doing all of these previews, so you'd feel like that I, you would feel like that I have a really good understanding of what I want to do in drafts this year, but yo, I have no idea. And that's simply because the stuff that I would normally be doing like the in-depth tactics and uh, whether it's mock drafting or creating draft strategies or just testing theories or going deeper into data. I don't have the time to do necessarily because I'm so busy and so immersed in creating this content day in and day out. But once again, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to shoot me a text as well, 330-302-1554. You can also follow me on all social media, at FFVulture. Yo, it's been really fun over there, admittedly. Like, I'm having... So much fun just di- just diving into fantasy conversation with a few people, getting the numbers up, getting the followers up, and it's been it's gonna be fun. I'm really really excited to see uh, how this whole thing grows over the course of the next five months or so. Anything else? Did I, did I plug the website? FFVulture.com, and that's it. That's it. I'll see you guys tomorrow. We're covering the Texan uh, the Houston Texans, so I'm stoked about that. Cause wow, woo, what a what a batshit offense that's going to be. That's going to be a, cha- a chaotic uh, All-32 episode. 
So I'll see you guys tomorrow for that. Remember, people come and go, but fantasy, fa but fantasy championships are forever. I'm out. Later. No? Where's my outro? Uh-oh, the mouse is stuck. The mouse is stuck. All right. Bye.